It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the India Against England daily podcast. We're getting to the end of this series now. It seems to have flown by, waited ages for those test matches and uh, they went and now we've uh, had the end of the T20i series and now looking ahead to the ODIs. Three games in Pune. England have just announced their squad. Joining me to talk about that squad announcements and maybe a couple of other things along the way, Sam Dalling. Sam, how are you? Morning, James. Yeah, I'm all right. A Sunday morning in in lockdown, hopefully one of the last few over here. So yeah, I can't complain. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right, I think. And I have just seen this squad announcement come out. Joffre Archer obviously returning to the UK because of this elbow injury that he's uh, sustained or had for a while now. England have named a 14-player squad for the three games coming up against India and also named three reserves as well. I'll run through the squad before we start talking about it. We might as well get the names out there. But it's Owen Morgan, obviously the captain, Moen Ali, Johnny Bairstow, Sam Billings, Joss Butler, Sam Curran, Tom Curran, Liam Livingston, Matt Parkinson, and Adler Rashid, Jason Roy, Ben Stokes, Reese Topley and Mark Wood with the three reserves travelling with the squad, Jake Ball, Chris Jordan and David Milan. I don't think there's many surprises, any surprises really in that squad. What well, first question, and you may not know the answer to this, Sam, is why they have to name a, a main squad plus then also travelling reserves. Why they can't just lump the three into the main squad and just choose from the lot? Alas, I don't know the answer to that, James. Yeah, it does sound odd. I suppose it's to give people an expectation of who 
might be playing and who might not. I don't know, because as you say, no surprises because everyone who's in the squad is already out there. It's great to see Matt Parkinson actually in the main squad. I think he's been a travelling reserve for quite a long time. But yeah, you would think you could just name us, well, these are the 17 blokes that are mm. going to be out there, but for whatever reason. I, I, wonder, a- if the, I wonder if there's some kind of ICC squad limit in terms of official squad limit you know, for a series such as this. And therefore the three extras have to go as extras, but they can play. I mean, we've seen before in, yeah. in, in tours where people that have been supposedly reserves have actually been picked for the first 11. Well, yeah. And, you know, any if there, it might well be there is some kind of, well, you have to name a 14-man squad for an ODI, but it's it's pretty well, pretty redundant, isn't it? I mean, India can pick whoever they want. They're, they're, they're the home country, they could call, they could have completely different 11s in, in all three games, as far as I'm aware. So, yeah, it just seems an odd one. But yes, cover players, They've been reported as Milan, Jordan, and Ball. I think other reserves yep. aren't they? So we presumably we expect them not to play. Um, that's the expectation, unless absolutely necessary. I, I guess looking at the the main fourteen, then if we go with that, the only two players that are missing of any note really, Joe Root, who's obviously been rested for this white ball leg of the Indian tour after obviously having a, a lot on his plate during the test series and Joffre Archer who's gone home with this elbow injury we, we talked about it yesterday Sam but Joffre's elbow injury seems a little bit more serious than we've been led to believe he's obviously been getting through games and he's bowled very nicely but the fact that he, he's potentially going to miss the first half of the IPL would suggest that it's a little bit more than just a niggle yeah it does sound like it's uh, you know I suppose there's a danger we don't know the, the, the full story but it could be in danger of becoming chronic I suppose with something like the elbow maybe uh, I'm not a not a physio. I've got no medical background, but it's one of those annoying. You know, when you get a cut, kind of on the end of your finger or in the webbing, it's one of those you can't help but use it every mm. time you do something. It's not like you can completely rest it. So it's so crucial. Uh, you know, it's it's always coming under strain. So it does sound like they have to are going to have to manage it carefully. It, it ruins the narrative that Joffre Archer doesn't prioritise Test cricket and desperately is only in for the money in the IPL, doesn't it? Anyone who's writing that story or tweeting. That that story has, has lost that one. But yeah, I, I mean, there's no really gone home. He's been away long. There was no real sense in him going back out there. I don't think anyone was expecting him to. He's, it's not like he's, we all know what Joe Root can do. He's in the side. I suppose Chris Wokes as well might have True. ordinarily. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose with Rooty, if you, if you think about his, what he's got on his plate over the rest of the year, you know, he's got a full summer with test, plenty of test matches, then the ashes to come. This is a really good chance with him with a young family to recharge his batteries, isn't it? And get some, uh, get some kind of rest time, downtime under his his belt before he gets back into the swing of it. The only other, not controversial, but talking point, I guess, from the, the personnel in that England squad is Moen Ali, really. And, you know, they, they sent him home after the second test match, um, or he it was arranged that he was going to go home. They offered him to stay, but he said, you know, I, I want to go home. Fair enough. No problem with that at all. But it does seem a little bit strange that they've kind of given him a very small window to go home and then not played him in the T20s at all. Yes, it is odd. And it's been pointed out by many maybe he'll play all three ODIs and, and start I don't know exactly when the IPL starts so I don't know if he's I presume he's penciled to stay out there 9th of April so I, I would imagine he will go yeah. straight from India to the to join up with his okay. team yeah 
it does seem a strange one, but it, it just goes back to that this is the that was the policy in place. We have very rigid dates. So actually you can't go then changing it around just because someone maybe is in favor or is, is more likely or less likely to be selected. It's the actual playing is almost secondary in terms of it's not burnout through playing they're necessarily worried about. It's burnout, although they do have to manage that a little bit, but it's more the the being in the biosecure bubble. So he's still in the bubble for this whole time, but it must be the yeah, disappointment. I'm sure he'll be disappointed not to have got a game. There's definitely been a, a Moen Alley sized hole at times in this. I think series. definitely. My name is Jacob, and I sent the Badger a message, and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Thank you very much indeed to Black Rat Cricket for their support of these podcasts. And they've joined forces with the Badger. It's the Rat and the Badger giving you a fantastic opportunity to win a classic bat. That bat could be yours. It's between 2.09 to 2.11 pounds. Butterfly, willow, handmade, UK made, and it'll come to your door, knocked in and ready to go for the season ahead. If you want to win that cricket bat and score some runs with Black Rat Cricket this summer, we need you to do three things. You need to be following the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed. You need to be following at Black Rat Cricket on Twitter too. And then you need to email the answer of this question to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Which player scored a double century in the first test match of the current India versus England series? Which player scored a double century for England in the current India versus England test match series? Send that answer and your name and address to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Don't forget, you need to be following at cricket underscore badger and at black rat cricket on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. That bat could be yours. The draw will be made after the final one-day game in this current India versus England series. It's that badger style. You look at the way India have approached that T20 series. They have shuffled the pack a little bit. They've obviously taken every game seriously and they've tried to win, but they have tested out a few little unknowns and, and tried a few things, whereas England seemed to be quite rigid in their, their selection for the T20 internationals. It made me think that Owen Morgan is quite rigid in terms of he knows what his 11-14 stroke 14 might be, and he just wanted to give them experience in those conditions rather than throw caps to people that might not play in the World Cup. Yeah, that would ring true with what he said after the game I think he said he's not expecting to now have his full T20 basically not to have his his pick his way of picking in the in the English summer for the T20 so this does seem to be the last chance before actually going out to the World Cup where he's going to have his full strength side available so uh, you know barring injuries and, and huge losses of form or changes in form it does look like we can probably take a fairly strong indication from the, the sides that played in these five games as to who might be in the World Cup of course it's what eight nine months away so so plenty can change but yes I, I Owen Morgan comes across as someone who's quite well. He he obviously is quite strong-minded, and he has his eleven in mind. I suspect, or his thirteen, fourteen. 
And so it'll be very difficult for anyone to break into that from here. You mentioned Matt Parkinson earlier. I mean, he's one of the guys that has been out there for the duration, hasn't he, really, uh, this winter? Obviously, there's a few people that have gone home, presumably after the T20 series, James Bracey being one of them. But to be a reserve on this, we don't, I spoke to, I don't know if you listened to it yet, but the chat I had with Jeremy Snape the other day, and we were talking about being in a bubble and the fact that Jeremy was saying when he used to go on tour, the downtime would be and the release would be going off to an elephant sanctuary or going off to whatever, yeah, to get, seeing the local sites and just kind of having some downtime where the release for these guys is actually being out there on the pitch and running off some steam in, in the heat of the action and, and getting it out of their system that way. Whereas for the likes of Matt Parkinson it's and you know, Liam Livingston on this trip as well, they, they've just been watching from the sidelines, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And it must be in, incredibly tough to, as you said, like one of the upsides, of course, they're professional sportsmen, but one of the great upsides of, of being in that very privileged position is you do get to explore the world and ordinarily you would get out to go and see all these amazing things but if you're not playing you're shuffling drinks on and off and then and then back to your hotel room it it must be difficult but I do hope he gets his chance and Liam Livingston hasn't I don't think he's played in ODI has he Liam Livingston I think he's still waiting for his debut which seems quite surreal given how long he sort of his name has been around the one day cycle I suppose is in a very different place isn't it to the T20 final the T20 cycle we're on the cusp of a T20 World Cup well two of them in fact was actually the 50 overside is perhaps in a period of of now being refreshed with a couple of years before a World Cup. So it's still, um, still a real chance, isn't it, for a, a Liam Livingston, for a Matt Parkinson, if they get their opportunities to smash the ball about a bit, take a load of wickets and say, you know, I'm, I'm still available for your World T20 squad. Well, yeah, it is. It is. I, as I say, I think it might be quite difficult, you know, to break into that side England's I've got top order I mean, if, if Livingston's hit three consecutive 150s off 60 balls he makes himself almost well he's going to silly take a few headlines and be part of the conversation then isn't he he's got that opportunity to uh, stick in a, a fantastic performance make a little bit of a wave he does if, if he does if he makes 350s off, off 60 balls I will definitely go back on what I say and say <laughs> Owen Morgan needs to, to, to select him but yeah and it's good it's good to be able to, because this is giving these guys experience because as good as players can be and we can talk about them we talked about it in the test context with Ollie Pope until they've actually moving up to bat and free until they've actually had the chance to do it you don't know how they're going to go mm. and these are still meaning it's a meaningful series it's against one of the best sides in the world in India in tough conditions so this is a real a real test it's a good audition for them if you do well in this series you've done it against very good opposition it's not like going back a few years against Bangladesh in a test match he scored 100 but against that it'd always be a slight caveat against that wouldn't it you know his only test century was against them they were quite weak at the time. This is not that kind of series. No, I, arguably it doesn't get any tougher. Um, so big series for them. Big series for Sam Billings, I think, as well, who you know had his best year in an England shirt last year, got that 100 against Australia. And I've just jotted down my the people I think would definitely start in this 11 from this 14-man yeah, cool. squad. Tell me if you don't agree with any of this and we can rejig it. But Jason Roy is obviously going to open with Johnny Bairstow, you would imagine. That seems to be um, how they want to go in, in the ODIs. Then I've put in at number five, Ben Stokes, who's a definite starter if uh, if they're playing their best side. Um, Joss Butler starts as well. I've got him at six, but obviously that can change around a little bit. Mo and Ali, I'm going to start in this series. I just can't see how they can't. After not having him playing in the T20s, I think they've got to play two spinners in these. So I think Moen starts and I've got him in my lineup at eight. Mark Wood, I've stuck in at number 11 and Adil Rashid at number 10 or vice versa. So you've got then three spaces 
and batting wise, looking at the squad and the way it's made up, you've got um, Livingston and Billings presumably coming in to fill that top seven. You would say, yeah, I think so. Uh, if you've got Moen at eight, then yes, because there's only Moen's at seven at- in mind. I've got basically right. my 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 lineup is Jason Roy, Johnny Bairstow, Livingston, Billings, Stokes, Butler, Ali. You're missing Morgan from that. Oh, of course I am. Sorry, Ali. <laughs> I think there's I think there's one of two. I think he'll play, won't he? He'll play. He might. I have a suspicion. I'm going to put my neck out there. My neck out there, my neck on the line and say... Owen Morgan, I think, will start probably all three games, actually. You would imagine, then, it's a shootout between Livingston and Billings, isn't it, who gets the bear slot? Because Billings seems to have developed and accepted this role as a as, as the finisher. So I don't know if, if Joss or Stokes goes up to three or, or Moen could back there. But yeah, it does seem to be, looking at that, one of Livingston or Billings. Got one spot left in the bowling um, department, then, and you've got a shootout, basically, between the Currens... Reese Topley and, and Parkinson. Yeah, I'd like to see. I suppose the current, you know, I, I really like watching Reese Topley bowl. He's done amazingly to come to come back. You're probably not going to play him and Sam Curran, are you? Left arm. you could, but yeah. both left armers. Tom Curran is obviously a fine cricket. I'm not quite sure. He's a, a first choice international player. I don't know. It's not not for me. I'd like to see Topley given a go, but then Curran's batting, of course, and his experience in India as well. So it, it's a nice problem to have. You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. There's a rat in the kitchen, what am I gonna do? There's a rat in the kitchen, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna get a black rat, cricket bat. Be fans. The best kit available to maximise those scoring opportunities from blackratcricket.com. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Sam Curran's an interesting one, isn't, isn't he? I mean, he's ahead of Tom, in my view, in terms, of, his, in terms yes. of the packing order for England. But if I was to pick my strongest team in all formats, Sam Curran wouldn't get in any of them, in my opinion. I wonder sometimes what people see in him. He is capable, if the ball just does swing and it swings in late he can take a couple of quick wickets he's got the right attitude he's plucky and he can hit the ball quite nicely with the bat I, and I rate him don't get me wrong but I, I think he's probably about 12th or 13th man in all of those teams for me yeah I'm with you on that it's almost like who was oh, who was the guy in the big bat it's almost like we want super sub because if you're going to get swing with that white ball it's the first over who was the chap that kept bowling the first over and then get subbed out you can almost do that with Sam Curran bowling two overs up top uh, swing it around a little bit left arm seam and then bring someone else in it seems really harsh because he's obviously a really yeah. good player I, yeah. you know, if, if I was to pick my main 11 and be at full strength with everybody fit Sam Curran would just miss out on all three do you think we maybe because he isn't that express pace but, and there's this obsession with pace at the moment do we maybe not quite value him as highly because I'm the same as you I'm just like oh, he's obviously a great all round bits and pieces is 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 harsh but it, there is that feeling it's like yeah he's not if you were going to pick an 11 he's probably not quite in it if everyone was I, available but you think we because of his lack of pace we maybe don't value him as highly maybe and I think if you added an extra five miles per hour to him he would be a serious cricketer serious cricketer but 
he hasn't got that, has he? And I, I also wonder, um, Sam, if we're guilty of a little bit of kind of judging a book by its cover a little bit with Sam Curran, because he looks like a little kid at times, doesn't he? And he's quite slightly built and yes. hasn't got a massive physical presence. He isn't somebody that when you see him interviewed, kind of illuminates a room with his quirky personality like a Mark would do or somebody like that. So he kind of slips under the radar a tad, doesn't he? He's not almost like your, your seven out of ten every week if you're using a footballing equivalent and it's that unglamorous role that is capable of winning games and, and will put in nines but you can always rely on them and yeah I don't know if there is an element of that he's not the superstar or in people's mind he's not but then he's gone to the IPL and and he was really good run. last year yeah, I mean, in yeah. last last season in the IPL, he was one of CSK star players. I mean, they didn't have many because they had a poor season, but <laughs> he was one of the few that really did stand up and, and was counted. And he never lets a team down. When he plays for a side, Surrey, England, CSK, whoever, he never lets them down. But it's just, I've got this perception of him that he's just outside my 11. And I, I'm not sure why, because like I say, he's had some serious performances. I mean, last time India were in England, Sam Curran made the difference in that series. But equally, if I went back in time and I had to pick that 11 again everybody was fit probably Sam wouldn't make the squad you know, he'd make the 11 and it is a bit bizarre isn't it because he's a very yeah. very fine player I mean another another person to talk about in this this announcement today is David Milan obviously didn't have the best of T20 series but he, he played really nicely yesterday I thought he hit the ball as well as anybody yesterday um, and we've spoken about this before on the podcast that I think ODIs for David Milan are almost the ideal vehicle because, you know, everybody talks about him taking a little bit of while to get going in the T20s, but then he can explode. But in, a, in an ODI, you naturally get that time. And I think it would have been nice to have seen him in this ODI squad, seeing him get three ODIs and result or at least two of them in India to show what he can do in that format. Yeah, I agree. It does seem suited for someone who is a, a relatively slow starter in T20 terms you'd think well give him 50 overs and then because then he's not and I don't know I, I don't know what he's like I'm sure he's very cool under pressure but there must be an element if you're out there in the middle and you're in a T20i and, and you've got 15 or 15 you must know you're aware that okay I've got I've now I now have to really kick on otherwise I've essentially wasted two and a half overs for my team. I don't know if you've ever met David Milan. I, I haven't. I've been in the same room as him, but never actually spoken to him. But he strikes me as being somebody who is quite thoughtful about his cricket. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's obviously gone away and kind of invented himself into this T20 player that's had a great amount of success. That hasn't happened by accident. That's because he's worked very hard at it. But I think I, he strikes me as somebody that almost analyzes every part of his game and would yeah. be incredibly aware of what the scoreboard was saying and incredibly aware of what his performance in that team was doing and what he was, what was expected of him. And he does seem to be quite structured in the way he thinks. Yes. And as much as people say it, you, I, I don't see how it's possible to ignore the outside noise at the moment. There's, these days, there's so much of it on social. All right, you don't have to read social media, but you must know what people are saying and what's going on. And I think a lot of it is overly harsh. And actually, a lot of people yesterday, you know, I think, is it only one of the, one of the quickest men to a thousand T20i runs and things like that. It wasn't wasn't quite the sticking the two fingers up innings. It was a very, very good innings yesterday, but mm. it wasn't. I mean, England ultimately didn't win the game. I mean, if he'd, tried... fin- if he'd finished 140 not out, getting England across the line, yeah. it would have been the, the serious sticking two fingers up innings, wouldn't it? I mean, it would have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a terrific player. I don't, know, I don't even know why there's a debate about him because every team needs somebody that maybe goes along a little bit more, sedately is the wrong word, isn't it? But a little bit more, maybe kind of manages their innings a little bit 
bit better in the first sort of 20 or 30 balls and then he's there to explode and, and is the spine like Vera Coley showed exactly how you do that yesterday that's the kind of role that David Malone can play and if I was to offer you Sam an international career where you play T20 cricket and you race to a thousand runs at an average of 52 and people were still saying should you be in the side you'd be thinking what do I need to do here uh, right. I, I completely agree what we do and it's the same with Sam Curran actually what we need to take a step back and do is say England are in a the fact we're having these debates it just shows how strong position they're in I mean remember we had a couple of months ago when you scored down the various sides and just a list of reserve players that can't get near it would be in England sides of years gone past so actually it's more of a the fact that we're talking about almost being negative about David Milan and Sam Curran it just shows it's no not necessarily because they're bad players they aren't they're brilliant but the debate is do we have better because there are we have a few players a good number of players who are genuinely world class Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. My friends at manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin-safe performance, compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there. Show you care by caring for your pair. Cleansers, revivers, preservers. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Get on there now. Well, he's three matches in uh, Pune. Is it Pune? Pune? I don't know. I always, I always call it Pune, but I don't know. I might be wrong. 23rd, 26th and 28th of March, obviously against India. I saw on social media, Sam as well, Rohit Sharma getting onto the plane. They've travelled um, today, I think, across so they can get themselves uh, ensconced in their hotel and get ready for the ODIs. That's obviously a different venue. It'd be quite nice, actually, from a, a viewing perspective to see a different ground for a change, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, true. We have had the same stadium for well, since the third test, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah. Mm. We had two throughout the tour, haven't we? We started off in Chennai and then went to Ahmedabad and that was it. that's been it, basically. So third ground for a bit of a, a change of scene on the eyes as well. Is there an element? I mean, in, India have obviously had a very good series so far against England. They've won the Test matches. They've won the T20 internationals. They now play the ODIs. But as you said, there is no real context for this series. There was massive context for the Test because there always is for Test series. I mean, the World Test Championship as well was part of that scenario too, wasn't it? Massive contest for the T20 internationals because of the uh, the World Cup coming up. But this ODI series is very much standalone. It's almost after the Lord Mayor's show a little bit, really. Yeah, and I think there's there's still plenty of context to it. It's just it's it's longer term, isn't it, rather than, than immediate. I mean, you could, yes, compared to what's gone before it, it, it's probably the least critical in terms of immediate impact. But I still think there's a lot. I mean, it'll be a hotly contested series between two brilliant sides. So that's context alone. But yes, looking a few, it's a chance. It's a chance for teams to, certainly for England, to maybe give 
to tinker with their lineup and give people, give a few people that wouldn't otherwise have had the chance to to play. So I think there's still plenty of narrative in it. I mean, there's no excuse not to tinker with this series, is there? Because you can understand, I mean, Morgan having his best squad there, wanting to fill his best 11, wanting to give everybody as much experience, good or bad, in those conditions during the T20 series, because that all goes in the memory bank, goes into the um, locker for the, the World Cup coming up. But for this ODI series, there is absolutely no excuse not to throw a cap towards Liam Livingston, not to get Matt Parkinson involved, even if it's just as a little bit of a notional thank you for being around in the, in, the, in the team and being part of the process because you haven't played yet. I mean, you don't give caps out willy-nilly, but they both deserve a chance. And there's no excuse not to give at least everybody in that 14-man squad a go at some stage. Yeah, but that's based on merit, I think. I, I wouldn't be a fan of... I- they do it in friendlies and football quality. I, don't I mean, they all, they all deserve that. I mean, they've all got into that ODI squad for a reason, haven't they? They all deserve yeah. to be there. So they all deserve a cap at some stage. You know. Yeah. And it's, but it's not a notional cap, is it? It's a, it's a, not a thank you. It's a, here's your chance to see what you can do. Or here's our chance to see what you can do, as mm. opposed to it being a, just thanks for coming along. I mean, if, you, if, you, if, if you're East Topley, Matt Parkinson, Liam Livingston, who've been out there in India for quite some time now, not actually made the park. I mean, it's a thank you is the wrong word. You're right. But it's, it, it is a bit of a kind of nod to you that you've been part of the process all the way through and you deserve to be there not that you've just been there as a net bowler no and I think Parkinson I mean you'd have to play two leg spinners unless you're going to drop leave Rashid out which they could do not drop just leave him out rest him there's, there's no that reason is. you can't leave Rush out is there because we know what we know what he can do exactly He's got nothing to prove. It's just, if you're going to do it, maybe do it early because suddenly if it's one all after two games and Parkinson hasn't had a game, I don't know, do then you less, probably Morgan might be in more inclined to, to keep Rashid in the side. I don't know Adel's shoulders like these days, but I mean, I don't think that's gone away entirely. So giving Rashid a rest at some stage isn't the worst idea in the world, is it? And I, I guess if you're going to play Parkinson, you play him in a team where Morgan's got six bowlers at his disposal. So if it does go horribly wrong for him and he, or he struggles, yeah. you know, he's got, Morgan's got a little bit of protection up his sleeve. But I mean, the way Morgan captains his side, he looks after players, doesn't he? If a Mac Parkinson does struggle in the first four, he's not going to go out to pass you and never be seen again. You'd Imagine he'll bring him back in a bit later when the wickets fall. And he, he's pretty good, Owen Morgan, at managing his team like that. Yeah, he's a very astute captain, isn't he? He's a bit, he reminds me of a very different players, but a Finch as captaincy in the, for Australia and in the Big Bash. He never gets flustered. You very rarely see, oh, of course, there's an immediate reaction, but it's not over the top. It's all quite measured. It's the poker face when they're out there. And actually, I think in such high pressure environments to have a captain who's very level headed. And I, I mean, Coley leads in a very different way. Just I, I, I was going to try and stay away from Coley's captaincy, but you brought me onto it now and I'm, I, I can't resist the carrot because I thought Coley was completely out of order yesterday. Whatever the excuse for it, I, I don't know if you saw the incident, Sam, but apparently Joss Butler had given Coley a bit of a send off in the previous game. This is what I picked up from Twitter. Coley didn't like it. Um, so when Joss Butler was out yesterday, Coley basically gave him a, a major verbal send off as well. And then I think the umpire said something to Coley and Coley ended up confronting the umpire and it was all a little bit ugly and you say stuff like that on Twitter and you get the Indians saying well you're only saying that because you're losing no I'm not I actually I tipped up 3-2 I was quite happy for India to win yesterday to be honest uh, and I absolutely love Virat Kohli I love watching him play I love him as a human being you see him interviewed he's a, he's a genuinely nice guy I just think sometimes he just goes a little bit too far 
people say, well, you didn't criticise Butler. I actually didn't realise the Butler thing had happened, to be honest. That passed me by. If I had seen the Butler thing, I would have said, I'm not particularly keen on that either. When you're in the face of an umpire on the pitch, I got a couple of tweets yesterday from people who said, I coach an under-11 side and I see stuff like that on my TV screen and it makes me cringe because they're watching it. They're seeing what Virat Kohli's doing. They're seeing that Virat Kohli's earning loads of money. He's one of the most high-profile cricketers in the world. And you can guarantee first or second game of the season, you'll get somebody trying to imitate what Virat Kohli's just done. And that's not what we want to be showing our kids in terms of what cricket's about. I'm, I'm off on one now, so I'm sorry. But people, people, people say Virat Kohli is emotional, he's passionate, he's enthusiastic, he, he lives and breathes it. Got no problem with that. That's part of his charm. But he just lets it bubble up sometimes and the steam comes out of his ears and he, and he goes just a little bit too far. It doesn't need to come down too much. 1%, whatever, just for me to be absolutely deliriously happy with the way Virat Kohli is. The way people describe him as passionate and heart on his sleeve, it's almost like it's a defence for somebody doing something wrong. Well, it's it's like, oh, well, he does that, that's fine, because he does that. But then if somebody else did it, they'd be all over them and saying, well, that's out of character, that's wrong. Just because yeah. Virat Kohli does that, and he's done that since he was in the under-19s, and he's got this emotional side of him, doesn't make it right. No, exactly. And it's difficult because in the mo- it's dialing it down that couple of percent when you're actually out in the moment yeah, and adrenaline's pumping and it's it's almost a trigger response. But as captain, as you say, it, seeing him do it, someone with his level of being so renowned and, and his level of fame and injury, it does almost validate it. And I just just from a player's perspective, I, I'd rather my if I was to be under someone's captaincy, I would rather a more measured approach to someone like Owen Morgan. There's a and it's the tennis player who's the Australian. Nick Kyrgios, who Kyrgios always, yeah. but actually, I suppose Coley it doesn't affect his performance. But you see, Kyrgios, he he loses his he loses the plot a little bit, and actually, he loses games because of it. He just goes off on a. I actually think it does affect Coley's performance myself. I think he gets a little bit flustered with himself at times. And I was talking to uh, it's not come out on the the Cricket Budget podcast yet, but I had a really good conversation with James Pamant yesterday, day before. Um, uh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. Mumbai Indians fielding coach, and he's out there. He's taking on a little bit more responsibility with Mumbai now. And we were talking about fielding and about. About, off the back of the Jeremy Snape chat about clearing your head when you're in the field and not having any baggage in there. Jeremy Snape said that if you're batting um, between balls, what you should do effectively is you have your thoughts about how you're going to plan about what's happening. So what the bowler's trying to do, what you're trying to do as a batsman, how you might try and tackle the next sort of over and, and what your approach should be. You look at the scoreboard, you do all of those kind of thoughts in that, that moment. And then you move back to the crease and you effectively retake your guard and you stand there getting ready. You tap your bat think right watch the ball and then think clear and then everything goes and all you're concentrating on then is the bowler coming in and that's all you've got in your mind and you'll whatever the ball comes down you're ready to play it and then you go through that process again and again and again and you make that a habit and that is the sort of psychological way of making sure that you are ready and with no clutter in your head to face the bowler. James said exactly the same thing about fielding. That when you're fielding, you basically have that kind of attitude where you're thinking about stuff, but then as soon as you need to kind of switch on when the bowler's running in, you kind of clear your head of everything and you are ready for what comes at you, if it comes at you. And I think, you know, look at Virat Kohli's fielding stats. He drops a lot of catches. And James was saying he thought that was a little bit because everything was in his head, whirring around, all of these kind of things going on. And he therefore, effectively, he was 
wasn't ready for the ball coming to him. And that's uh, and I think that so it, I think it does affect Coley the fact there is this steam in there. Yeah, if it does affect his catching, then that's interesting because yeah, you're not in the in that calmness that you need to be. That Owen Morgan always seems to be in that. You have that clarity of thought. If you're living in what's gone on before, you're not quite there in that moment. And the Kyrgios example is perfect. You lose a point at the, the start of a game and basically throws that game away which yeah. you can't do. And in, in cricket, if he drops a catch, if he drops Butler on 10 and Butler goes on to make 90, that's that's a big error. Well, I mean, J- James was saying that, you know, Virat Kohl is one of the best fielders there is. There's nothing technically wrong with his, his catching and his fielding. He's, he's very, very good. And so that has to be one of the reasons because, you know, he's captaining the side, he's angry about stuff, he's thinking about things. And so there's too much in there when the ball's coming down. And that's why he maybe just takes his eye off the ball, you know, metaphorically speaking. I mean, one of the other people that tweeted me yesterday came up with a really good point that when you're playing local cricket, club cricket, if you're in the leagues, wherever you might be in England, if you walk off the pitch and kick over a water bottle and swear at somebody, or if you confront an umpire on the pitch, or if you do something of that ilk, your activities will be addressed by your local league and you might even be suspended or something might happen to you. As a result of that, you'll be punished. But he says then you turn on the TV and you're looking at the top level cricket and that isn't happening. You know, Virat Kohli's doing what, he, you know, if he was playing in the Bradford League, he'd, he'd be sanctioned. He's playing for India, the best team in the world, arguably. And he's not sanctioned. And that's surely giving out the wrong message. It's the wrong way round, isn't it? Yes. A whole debate there to be his untouchable status, I suppose, in Indian cricket. And uh, I, yeah. I, think, I mean, Joss Butler obviously did something which I missed the other day. And he hasn't been punished for that either. So it's not just Indians. It's no. Not, you know, the, it's this attitude that, oh, these are stars. These are people that know what they're doing. These are people that we expect to have a little bit of character and a little bit of flavour to them. And I don't want drones. I don't want everybody to be like Owen Morgan. I think Owen Morgan's actually quite unnatural in a way because to be that composed and calm and icebergy in a pressure cooker atmosphere I couldn't do that I mean, how he does that, I have got no idea. And it's Why? almost it's almost abnormal, to be honest. Um, yeah. So, so any, anybody that is kind of at that end of the spectrum, you know, fair play to you. You've got everything under control. That's fantastic. I mean, sure, underneath the water, the legs are going like um, like nobody's business. But it would be really interesting, actually, to sit in Owen Morgan's mind during that last part of the World Cup final, wouldn't it, to, be actually, to actually feel what he was actually really thinking at the time, whether he was quite as placid as it was. But then you've got the other end of the spectrum, which is more your Coley end. People should be really in the middle. I want to see characters. I want to see fun. I want to, I want to see passion and emotion. But there are two. You know, you can take it too far. I think. Yeah, and Joss has got a bit of temper on him, hasn't he? he uh, didn't he get in trouble in South Africa before the? Well, he told uh, Ver- Vernon Philander something. I can't tell you on this podcast. I think. He, he, yeah, for a guy who's actually is very calm and very measured when he speaks, he has that. You can almost see in his. He's one of those people you can see in his face when he's kind of spewing inside. Yeah. It, he almost kind of goes red, and there's a bit of steam, and he won't necessarily. It won't be theatrical in the same way that Coley might do it to, to be honest Sam it's um, to get to that level and to be that good and to have overcome all of the hurdles you need to get to to be one of the best in the world you need to have a little bit of bloody mindedness in you you need to have a little bit of character you need to have something there some steel don't you otherwise you'll fall by the wayside as, as you try and climb the ladder you'll end up slipping down back down it so there's no doubt that all of those guys out there have got something in them there's a bit of fight there's a bit of tenacity there's all kinds of things going on it's just how you display it for me yeah, we're all humans and we all do things differently. And there are, it's, a, it's such a hard one. There, there's got to be a line somewhere, but where that, where exactly that line is, is so, it's so hard to draw. But when it comes, uh, certainly squaring up to umpires, squaring up, but uh, remonstrating with umpires is unacceptable. Particularly when there is an extra level of responsibility when you're the captain, you have to be able to at least attempt to rein it in. And 
And if you're the opposition, you don't mind it, I don't think. If you see the I think England see Virat Kohli blowing, I think they'd probably be quite pleased. I mean, somebody said to me, um, well, if Joss Butler hadn't done what he, uh, what, what he did, then Virat Kohli wouldn't have done what he did. Well, A, I think Virat Kohli's was a little bit more than Joss Butler's because that was just between two players and Virat Kohli got involved with the umpires, which I which takes it up a level as far as I'm concerned. But B, two runs don't make a right. Just because one bloke says something stupid doesn't mean you have to say something stupid too. And it, you know, it's, it's a little bit petty that kind of well he did it so he can do it that's not what how, yeah. that's not how world the world works you go out and murder somebody today Sam doesn't mean I'm not going to get arrested if I do it as well is it you know you, if you do two bad things it doesn't make them both right no and for the avoidance of doubt that isn't my plan for today that's what you but say justifying someone doing something wrong purely because oh well it's fine they've done it someone else has acted badly a few days earlier that is there's no excuse for it. So yeah, it's a tough one. It's, we can't really imagine, or I certainly can't imagine, the pressure professional athletes are under. So it's going to come over. It's going to be a bit OTT at times, but if it's a regular occurrence, which it does seem to be with Cody, then that is something that perhaps he needs to work on. I just think that the spirit of cricket stuff, I, that's such an intangible thing. I mean, everybody knows what that's supposed to be. I just think there is got to be some kind of code of conduct, some kind of thing that cricket sets as the base level of what is acceptable for, as in terms of what players do. And that's what match referees are there for. There are those things in place, but it does seem to me, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this in India and you don't agree with this, but India is so powerful in the world of cricket. The ICC is almost kind of licking India's toes to some degree in, in terms of the world game because India is so important to the ICC too and India has deserved that and has earned that right to be that powerful because they have got everything working for them and it's a huge country etc so nothing wrong with that at all I think it does have a bad side to it that maybe India get away with a few things that maybe if that had been a Zimbabwe player playing in front of the TV cameras he would have probably been banned for a game and he would have been roasted for it Virat Kohli will probably be tickled under the tummy and nobody will say a word to him and I don't think that's right no, I agree. With great power comes great responsibility, as they say. And per- perfectly put, Spidey. Is it Spider-Man? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a, a big into my comic books. I did a creative writing degree. This is totally apropos of nothing. And I, I thought I'd invented that in my head. And I thought, that's a really <laughs> nice that's a really nice line to put in that he's going to say when I was writing a st- script or something. And then the, um, the the tutor sent it back to me to say, do you realise you plagiarising Spider-Man? <laughs> and I, I, I am not a comic book fan, so I didn't. But I'd obviously I soaked in that phrase somewhere uh, well, and it's true and yeah there is an element of it's a whole other debate of there being too much power in certain areas of cricket and holding too much sway that Spider-Man phrase does sum it up really nicely actually yeah. and I never really thought about it before but with great power and it's not just India England and Australia as well are right up there in terms of the top table they're the big three and with that power comes huge responsibility not just to themselves but to the game and to the world game we, we talked um, last time you were on about cricket in some of the smaller nations and how they're coming up and how the enthusiasm in some of those nations is, is huge well a little bit of money here and there and a bit of support and a couple of tours here and there and, you know, all of a sudden the whole world's singing together and cricket is uh, is joyously moving in the right direction, isn't it? And it doesn't take a huge amount, I don't think. Just a little bit of that power to be used in the right way to make uh, the world cricket a harmonious place. But there's me off my preaching pulpit. You've enjoyed that, James, haven't you? You need to get that off your chest, I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, mean, I think it's important. I think it's. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, agree. I think players' conduct's important and the way we look after the world game is important. And they are all kind of enmeshed in that, who, who has the power in the game. And sometimes, um, you know, 
the rich kids don't get told off and the poor kids do, don't they? And that's kind of how it works really in, in the world, really. That's how society works. And it's reflected in the way cricket deals with things too. And it's not I've, necessarily the right way. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to you. And, and the message, children, is be more like Owen Morgan and less like Virat Kohli. No, no, no. Don't be like Owen Morgan. Why I, not? I, don't want, I don't want icebergs. I don't want 11 icebergs out there either. But it's, no, we don't want 11 of those no but i'm sure he's ticking under the surface like you say that's why it's about presenting isn't it people are presenting a version that they want to to see i can't see how the the heart rate isn't going in those situations in a world cup final final point and far more frivolous ecb take a picture of liam livingston and take a picture of matt parkinson just because they're from lancashire it doesn't mean they're going to break the camera you've got your squad out there looking really resplendent and they're the only two that aren't pictured so get them up against the wall and take a picture of the two lads they deserve to have their faces on the ecb website um, thank you sam as always for coming on and uh, listening to my rants and, in, and joining in um, as we've gone through this podcast we actually said this was going to be a really quick one when we spoke before it but we've ended up rattling on for quite some time but it's always a, a joy to have you on the podcast always a joy to have you out there listening as well everybody and we'll be keeping going daily as we go through these ODIs all the way through till is it Sunday the final game Saturday 28th Sunday isn't it when we come back on uh, Sunday after that game we're going to try and get all the fan badges on if that's possible and we'll have a final um, little bit of a party stroke award ceremony stroke looking back at the tests ODIs on T20s and, and finish it all off in style with everybody on the same podcast but thank you ever so much out there for listening throughout the uh, England tour of India we've still got, obviously got those three games to go and we've got another week to go yet before we finish it but it's really appreciated that you've been listening in your numbers around the world so stay with it and then obviously the IPL will follow the IPL 2021 those eight teams going for that famous trophy and uh, we'll be doing the daily podcast through that too. I've been James the Cricket Badger and I'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.